me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any When you abide when you abide under the shadow
danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives... I want to welcome you this morning to Victory Christian Fellowship. And if you're watching online, we just welcome you. Join right in and participate. We serve an awesome God. And Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. And we thank you, Lord, that you have set up a banqueting table. And we are going to participate of all your goodness and your grace and your love and your glory. And we just 
honor you and bless you and praise you and we welcome you in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
you this week, how much God has changed your mind on things, because you put his word in your heart and in your mind, and it's worked for you, come on, thank you, Jesus, the atmosphere is changing, and nothing stays the same, heaven is the way. Of the name, the spirit is moving, burning like a flame. He's healing the broken by the one we proclaim. Raise it up, fill the sky, chains will fall.
elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all the names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. exalting the name of Jesus, making it the highest name, the most supreme authority. There is no higher authority nor higher power than the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's just say his name. Jesus! Jesus! shockwaves through the kingdom of darkness. Glory to God. It's reaching a 10 on the Richter scale. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Father, for your glorious, wonderful, awesome presence in this place. And we bless you. We are attentive to you, Lord, as you speak to us. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. I have a better way, says the Lord, for I am the way. Follow my way. It'll lead to life, victory, joy, and love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Well, you may have your seats. Glory to God. It's a good day in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Tell your friends, tell your family about what you experience here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Josh. Honorary member of the Signature Worship Team today. Amen. Good job. (laughs) All of our young people are actively involved. In many areas, and we appreciate them so much. Mm -hmm. And we appreciate you, too. We're going to make our confession of faith. That's based on the Word of God today, and we want to invite you to join us as we make our confession. We We ask ask our God, the glorious Father of Jesus, for spiritual wisdom and insight, that we may grow in our knowledge of God. We know the Father through Jesus, and we are deepening our intimacy with Him. We believe God's light is opening our imagination and understanding so we can know what he has called us to do. We believe that we can benefit from his rich and glorious inheritance in us, and we are learning how to function in his immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing power that works in us because we believe. We believe that we can function in the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. The same power that makes Jesus far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. We are his body. We are made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. We are victorious overcomers and reign as kings in this life through his grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning. God bless you. I come to you in that mighty name of Jesus. 
we just sit a moment and think on the name of Jesus. That's awesome. Thank you for the emphasis and reminding us just to to really just bask in the name of Jesus. Okay, announcements in the name of Jesus. Because we are here representing his name on earth. This is why we exist. We are his body. He is our head. And he has authorized us to use his name. He wants us to speak his name. He wants us to live in everything that he made available to us. This is how we honor him and bless him. And this is how we snatch people out of darkness and bring them into the glorious kingdom of light. This is a a worship set that we need to be playing all week. Play it in your house, in your car, in your workplaces. The Lord will probably direct some of us to go to public places and play it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know where I'm going. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Okay. (laughs) Okay. This is good. I just overcome with the goodness of Jesus. We are having ongoing fundraisers from Air Force, our youth. We appreciate each one of you supporting us and enjoying our tasty treats and giving us suggestions and ideas of things you might enjoy. And so we have Air Force on Tuesday at 6. Thank you. It's on there. 6 o'clock. And we welcomed Kayla this week. (laughs) Kayla has been waiting with eager anticipation and great excitement. Every time we saw her, she'd tell us how many days until she turned 12 and when she could come. And we are just as excited to have Kayla as part of Air Force. And I know Levi is hot on her heels, waiting to be of age So it won't be long. The time will pass quickly for you, Levi. He's counting. Okay. And then Wednesday night refreshing at 630. You want to be here. You want to be here. On Wednesday and then Thursday, we have Bible Adventure for our kids at Northside and Forge Elementary Schools, the third, fourth, and fifth graders. Please Talk to us if you are available any Thursday. We could use your smiling face to bless the children that come here so excited to participate in the Word of God and then find out about Jesus. And then they take Jesus home with them. And they take Jesus back to their schools. Right, Madison? She's one of our great evangelists that invite her classmates and kids at her school and bring them to Bible Adventure. So we appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Then we have the women's conference less than two weeks away. So if you've been waiting and thinking about getting your ticket, now is the time. So today you can go to the bookstore 
That's the easiest, fastest way, I think. But if you're really tech savvy, on the back of the um, cards, most of them have that scanner thing. I don't know what it's called. QR QR code. You can do it that way. And uh, this helps us to plan for your coming so that we can be well prepared for all the women coming. And that's for ages 12. Yes, so your grandchildren, your neighbors, ages 12 and older for the women's conference. And that's Friday night, April 8th, and Saturday morning, April 9th. And then Dr. Jacobs will be our guest speaker here on Sunday, exactly two weeks away on April 10th. So then you invite the whole family, the whole office, the whole neighborhood. Men, women, children, grandparents, you bring them all out and, and um, come for the ministry of Dr. Michael Jacobs. Okay, now I think I'm calling Stephen up, right? Okay. Did I get it at the right time? All right. That's good. How are we all doing this morning? That'll work. All right. Can we have, can I have the youth people come up, please? So as most of you are already aware, yesterday was Pastor Nelson's 60th birthday party. (laughs) Yeah, we were like ecstatic with them as well. Um, so as a youth group, we just wanted to say thank you very much for everything that you're doing. You guys got to move closer for the camera. There you go. Oh. <laughs> yep. So we just wanted to say thank you so much for you and also um, Nadine for being amazing youth pastors and youth leaders that we have in our lives and for being amazing people of God as well. We have one of several gifts for you. Most of them have to stay refrigerated. Otherwise, we would have presented them with you as well. So we wanted to say thank you very much. And now we will each take the time to say something we appreciate about you. I, I guess I'm up first. Yep. So um, kind of like what Stephen said, just thank you so much for being the light and always saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It makes us laugh. And you bring so much love here. And I'm so happy that you are part of our family. I'm so happy, though, that finally now I'm part of youth group, and it actually really makes me happy, though, because without you guys, though, I'd have nothing else to do on Tuesday, so you really make me smile and laugh like crazy. Um, I just want to thank you for just spreading the, the word of God to us and always being of light, and on, especially on Tuesday, so thank you. I just wanted to say thank you for being an awesome mentor to um, us youth as everybody, and especially to me, and for always being there for me. And whenever I have any questions or problems, I can always come to you, and you always give me godly advice. So thank you. Thank you for all the fire that you bring with us constantly and all the words of wisdoms and the overwhelming amount of patience you have with all of us also at the same time. It means a lot. So thank you. Thanks for being an awesome example of what a man of God should be and how to be bold in your workplace and in public. Oh. <laughs> well, I want to say happy birthday, Pastor Nelson. Um, you have been a uh, 
an awesome and a great example to me. Um, and um, like 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 the Bible said, be and let now do not despise your youth, but be thou an example. And I would say you're like one of the best examples I've seen portraying God. But then you're also in your youth, so that's <laughs> that's something good. Um, and I just thank you for always being there, someone I could go and talk to, and always being there for me. Yeah. And I wanted to say thank you. For you and Nadine for being such a wonderful example of marriage and just beautiful fire of God in marriage. And also thank you for taking care of any time we have demon trouble, getting those out of our lives. <laughs> um, I want to say thank you for all your wisdom and knowledge because I've learned a lot coming to youth group. I just say thank you for being an awesome teacher and always being fun to hang around and always laughing. And uh, that's all we have for you from the youth. And now we would like to bring up Miss Dottie. <laughs> we can sit down, right? Yeah. I truly don't have anything more to add. They said it all. But uh, as the church... Uh, we're just grateful that you listened to the Lord when he sent you here. And I know Nadine is grateful that you listened to the Lord when he sent you here. And you are just such a perfect leader for the children, you and Nadine both. And I shouldn't say, you know, like, it doesn't have an age. Wherever they can start at 12 and up into the 20s, whatever. This gentle giant is such a leader. And he has, he has no fear of saying what the Lord tells him to, to say and do. And this is what a church needs. And so if you know people out there that just really don't have a place to go, don't hesitate ask them tell them to come because we have it all we have absolutely fantastic senior pastors and we have fantastic junior pastors so i just say thank you nelson and happy belated 60th birthday Yeah, so our youth group, our youth pastors, he's 60 years old. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I just thought about that the other day. I thought, this is amazing. Well, First of all, to find somebody that age that wants to do youth group, you don't get that. Sorry. No, no. I was going to say one time we visited a church in Kentucky, and the youth pastor was 75. <laughs> well, what I, the reason I think it is awesome is because look at the wisdom that our young people get to glean from. This is, sometimes I think that's what's missing, you know. The, the youth are like put with, you know, whatever. It, you can be young or old and have wisdom, but my point is, I just think for us, it's perfect. So um, your kids are in good hands. Amen. So, um, you know, it's always been a passion of mine to uh, teach and train people. 
What are you, what are you laughing about? Oh, oh, oh happy birthday. Yep. That makes sense right That's there. Perfect. Look at that. Where's the fishing rod? We don't have the fishing rod. <laughs> There's also fishing involved here. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Pastor Nelson. Yes, we are very excited that you're here for the 60th, yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to transition a little bit now. <laughs> you know, it's always been a passion of mine to uh, teach and train people. Training has been an operative word for me. And uh, as you know, I enjoy teaching the Word. And at different times throughout the year, we offer uh, courses. And uh, we recently offered a uh, Foundations for Effective Leadership course. It was a course that I went through uh, back in the 90s. And I felt led that I wanted to share it with a group of people. So we had a group of people that uh, attended all these uh, sessions and uh, we want to acknowledge them now. So um, as your name is called, uh, come up and uh, you're going to receive a certificate for the completing of this course. And so when you see other courses of subjects that maybe you're interested in, and uh, we're also going to offer some of these uh, online as well. Uh, so, um, you know, the Bible says, uh, Paul told Timothy uh, to study to show yourself approved, a workman who needs not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. And uh, I enjoy um, teaching the word, and I enjoy when people study the word, so it's awesome. Yes. So we're going to acknowledge uh, these students now who have completed this course. And uh, all right. All right, Pastor Nelson Rhodes. <laughs> Pastor Nadine Rhodes. Miss Maria Vanilla. I don't know if I said your name correctly, Maria. Maria. (laughs) Uh, Miss, amen. Miss Abigail Balcaran. And Mr. Rendell Devon Balcaran. Congratulations. Joshua Etwaru. Yay, Josh. And Miss Kelsey Etwaru. <laughs> Amen. Of course, they're my niece and nephew. I, I think everybody knows that, right? <laughs> but for the online folks, Mr. Paul Schmidt. And then right after Mr. Paul comes Miss Lisa Schmidt. She's on the cameras back there, so she's just going to wave. Melissa Schmidt. I'm seeing a trend here. Thank you. Mr. Stephen Schmidt. And our final student, Mr. Nathan Schmidt. Amen. Congratulations, everybody. (laughs) It's awesome. We were just married when Pastor Doug did that course. Right? Yes. Is that the one? Yeah. yeah. We were in Tennessee when he yep. did that. I'm sure you tweaked it a bit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured, I, <laughs> I told him there needed to be some tweaking when he was taking it 25 years ago. But anyway, I'm sure he did. <laughs> I want to share one thing with you. Uh, a revelation I shared with the worship team already. So I think the church should hear it. That's why we did what we did this morning. And that is that when God speaks, when he speaks for something to happen, 
He is speaking so that the Holy Spirit could move. We all know this, right? Well, when God speaks, that activates Jesus on the scene because Jesus is the word. So when God says something, he is bringing Jesus in the matter and then the Holy Spirit can move. If we don't agree with the word, then we are not agreeing with the Godhead. When God speaks the word, it's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a trinity. God wouldn't do anything without the word. The Holy Spirit wouldn't do anything without the word. Then who are we to think that we can do something without the word? Amen? So when and God, and Jesus has given us the authority to use his name, to use his word. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Using the name of Jesus is using the word of Jesus. So whatever is going on in your life, open the word and speak it out. Just say, I speak this out now and watch what will happen. Amen? It's not that complicated. You just believe God. Your key faith should be in God. You believe God. Everything God says you believe, that's it. Then say it. Boom. Results. Amen. Amen. Boom. Hallelujah. Before we dismiss uh, the kids this morning uh, for Kids Life, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, and we're going to read starting with verse uh, 1. It says, And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom seven devils went. Boy, I bet she was glad. (laughs) Amen. And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward, so he was a steward to the king of uh, uh, Judea there, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him out of their substance, or out of their wealth, or out of their assets. And, uh, and much people were gathered together. And were come to him out of every city, he spoke by a parable. So, praise God, these women who were touched by Jesus were supporting his ministry. They were ministering to him out of their substance. And that's what we do with our substance. You know, we take a portion of our substance because all of our substance comes from God. Amen. He, he gave us the ability. He gave us the power the gifts, talents, and abilities, and we go into the marketplace and we exchange those things uh, for um, a paycheck or we make investments, right? And uh, out of those things, these women thought it important to minister to Jesus. And so they ministered to his ministry and they did that through giving, amen? And here, you know, you have an opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God those of you that are here and those of you that are watching online, 
And uh, if you're receiving the good word, amen, uh, like you're not going to go to McDonald's and give them a Burger King coupon, are you? It's not going to work too well. So uh, you can minister to the Lord today as you give. Uh, tithes, give your offerings. You can give it any time during the service. If you're watching online, you can give it through our website. And Father, I'm so grateful and thankful that you have made provisions in your word to bless the givers and their gifts, Lord. Increase them, multiply them, cause them to abound to every good work, protect them and provide for them in multiple ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, kids, we are going to dismiss you now for Kids Live, and our teachers were so grateful. Kids, have a great class. Be blessed. Enjoy the Word of God. Hallelujah. It's a good day to be in a house of joy, amen? You know, there's joy in this house. There's healing in this house. And it's not limited to this house. Amen? You know, you can take healing home with you. Take joy home with you. Right? And if the devil tries to give you any interference, kick him out. Amen? You have the authority and the power. Well, this morning, the Lord uh, laid it on my heart to talk to you about some of the signs of the times. I couldn't get away from this. You know, when you can't get away from a subject, you know God wants to do something. Now, I'm not going to touch on every sign, but I'm just going to touch on a few signs. There are uh, some signs of the times that point to the end. Amen? You know, there's there's a day coming when Jesus is going to return. He is going to return, you know, first... We're going to, the believers are going to be caught up in the air. The first time he comes, he's not going to touch the ground. But then he's going to come again, he's going to come in his second coming, and that's where he's going to touch the earth. Right? And there's some things that, uh, are going to happen based on the word. And if God wrote it in his word, we ought to pay attention to it. Amen? And, uh, I want you to go to, uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter three, and uh, we're going to look at this because um, it has a lot of information for us. And, you know, one thing is you don't have to be nervous about the end. Because as believers in Christ Jesus, you're not going to be unaware or unprepared. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that are unprepared, but not uh, you here today, amen, who, who listen to the word of God and who receive a regular, continual, steady flow of the word of God, amen? You know, the word has it all. There's not an area of life that the word of God doesn't talk about or doesn't give solutions, amen? It covers every area of life. And uh, aren't you glad that God inspired men to write these pages? And aren't you glad that the Word is not just a book of history or a book of poetry or a book of information? It is the Word of God. It is alive. It is quick. It is powerful. It is sharp. Amen? And it is, this is God's love letter to you. 
Okay? So, 2 Peter chapter 3, and uh, we're going to begin with verse 1. Peter writes, he said, this second epistle, beloved, I now write to you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Did you know that when someone encourages you to remember, it's stirring up your mind? Amen? And I'm going to stir up your minds today. Glory to God. And then he says in verse 2, that you be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Now, remember, the church is built on the foundations of the prophets and the apostles, right? And God put those gifts uh, in the church. And then he said, verse 3, Knowing this first, there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. All right? We see that today, don't we? It's on the news broadcasts. All right? Uh, mockers are going to come mocking. All right? And they're going to mock the coming of the Lord. And they're going to question, how come we're waiting so long? Have you ever heard anybody said, if God's coming, why hasn't he come yet? You know? All right? Verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep or died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly, they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Verse 8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So when it talks about the day of the Lord, all right? Yes, it is a day where he returns, but it is also a day of many events, of many things that occur in order for that day to come to pass. So one day with the Lord is like a thousand years. So when you think, well, God, God, you're late. No, he's not late. God's never late. Amen. And there's a reason why God is waiting for the right time and the right moment. And you know what? Only the father knows the day of the Lord. The, the Bible said that it has not been given to anybody else or any of the angels, but only the Father himself knows the return of the Lord. Okay? So we're not supposed to be ignorant. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. How do we not become ignorant? Because we learn the truth. Not only do we learn the truth, but we study the truth. Amen? We have to be disciples. A disciple is a continual learner and follower of Jesus Christ. How many are disciples? Amen. Amen. Okay. Verse 9. The Lord is not slack 
concerning his promise as some men count slackness. So the reason that he is waiting for the right time is this right here. He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So why is God taking so much time to return? Because there are people who haven't repented yet. And it is not God's will for them to go to hell or to perish. He wants to give them opportunities to experience his mercy and his love and his goodness. He has long-suffering. To us word, he's not willing that any should perish. Do you know it breaks God's heart when people perish? It breaks God's heart when people reject him. It breaks his heart. Why do you think he sent Jesus? Because we, we messed up this world with sin. Sin is the cause of all the world's problems. It's not God, it was sin. God didn't bring death. Sin brought death. When sin occurred, it brought death to this world and it caused the world's problems. Not God. You know, God is in control of what? Yeah, there are things he's in control of, but he's not in control of everything. Come on. Amen. God doesn't tell a bank robber to rob a bank. God doesn't tell a person to get involved with drugs. Amen? He's not in control of those things. So we have to be careful when we use that phrase. Okay, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Do you know that a thief will not text you to schedule an appointment? Right? They are going to try to come when you are unaware, right? You know, you're not going to get a a Facebook message to say, I'm going to come rob your house tonight at 10 p.m., right? Why? If, if you, if you, if a thief would do that, you'd be ready for him, right? But the day of the Lord, it's going to come like a thief in the night, unexpected, unaware, unanticipated. Amen. But it's going to come. Jesus is in heaven saying, ready or not, here I come. Amen. The whole point of that is you better be ready. And this is why VCF exists to help people get ready. Amen. There are people in Palmyra and Mount Gretna and Campbelltown and Hershey and the surrounding areas that aren't ready. But here's a place that has existed since the early 80s to help people get ready. Amen. To help them hear the word of the Lord. This is why we exist. So the, the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. In which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Yeah, I believe in global warming right there. When the earth is going to melt with a fervent heat. Okay? And and the elements will melt with fervent heat. And the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Why? Because God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Amen? 
Whoo, that's going to be a day. And we're going to get to watch it from heaven. Glory to God. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you be? How are you going to get ready for the day of the Lord? He tells us what things that we need to do. Number one, he says, you ought to be holy in your conversations and godliness. You ought to live holy lives. Amen? You ought to live for Jesus. Right? He, look what he did to rescue you from sin. Why would anybody want to go back to sin? Sin is destructive. Sin is a spiritual cancer. Sin separates you from God. But Jesus paid a high price. He dealt with sin so that, so that you don't have to go back to it. Amen? He provided for us to live a better life, a holy life, a godly life, a righteous life, an upright life. And quite frankly, there are people in the church. I'm talking about the church universal, church worldwide, that aren't living for God, but they think that they're okay. And we're going to deal with that here shortly. So he's telling us to live holy and godly lives and honor God. All right? And then he says in verse 12, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day. We have to be looking. Amen. He is writing to the church. We have to be looking for these things. How many are looking? Right? You're not just so caught up in your own life, in your own business, that you're not paying attention to what's happening. I mean, we got to look at the seasons. You know, if you, if you walk outside and you see dark black clouds, it might rain. How do you know? Because the clouds are a sign of what's coming. Amen? Or if you go outside and it's a beautiful warm day, oh, it's a good day to go to the beach. You know, how many know you, you want to go to the beach when it's nice weather, amen? So you can enjoy it, right? So you can bask in the sun. But we got to be looking. We can't live our lives not looking at what God is doing. We can't live our lives unaware of spiritual activity. So many people are so caught up just in the natural that they can't discern what's happening in the spirit. They can't even hear what's happening in the spirit. Why? Because they're too natural-minded. Amen? Believe me, I wanted to preach something else, but God said, no. I'm preaching this. I said, okay. All right? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. The new heavens and the new earth are going to be run by righteousness. Hallelujah. Whoo, how many are excited for that day? Amen. Wherein, beloved, verse 14, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. What did it say? Be diligent. Amen. 
How do you be di- judge yourself? Examine yourself. Pray. Stay close to God. Listen to His voice. Amen. Study the Word. Glory to God. He is telling us these things. Right? He is saying, uh, be diligent, be spotless, be blameless in peace. Have an inward calm. Amen? Don't, don't let the world ruffle your feathers. Why? We have a peace that passes understanding. And we need to walk in that peace. When, G- when people tried to kill Jesus, did he say, oh my goodness, Peter, James, do something. No. He, why? He had such an inner calm, he walked away. People wanted to kill him. He just walked away and they'd be like, where'd he go? You know, you got an inner calm when you, got, when you can just walk away when people are threatening to kill you. You know, in, in Luke 4, after he read from the prophet Isaiah... And he preached the word. You know what they wanted to do? They wanted to throw him off a cliff. And they were, they were actually escorting him. But he just walked through the crowd. Like nothing. And they'd be, where did he go? He was right here. Amen? An inward calm. This is how we need to approach the end times. With an inward calm. A peace that passes understanding. Come on. Amen? Not worried. Not fretful. Not anxious. The Bible says, don't worry. Be anxious for nothing. That settles the matter. Amen? Glory to God. So we got to abide with this peace. A sense of spiritual well-being and confidence. Being obedient to God. Verse 15. An account, or bear in mind that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. How, how long did it take you to come to know the Lord? Hmm? Did you know him right off the bat? Or did it take you a little bit? It took me a little bit. It took me 12 years of my life. I didn't know the Lord, but I met him after 12 years of living. I knew about him. I knew that he existed. I knew that there was a God, but then I met him. And he's been with me ever since. Well, God didn't say to me, well, it's about time, Doug. No, he was glad when I made the decision. There was a party and a celebration. You know, God will wait for a person, and, and when you make that decision, there'll be a celebration in heaven. The angels throw a party when people accept Jesus. There's another one going to God. Let's have a party. Balloons are popping, and fireworks are cracking, amen, in heaven. Oh, you don't think so? Just read about the activity around the throne. Lightnings and thunder. That's firecrackers. Amen? <laughs> All right, verse 15, the latter part, Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Okay, isn't that interesting? Peter is telling Paul that, or is Peter is telling these people that Paul wrote to them too, right? Verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things. Okay. In which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable uh, distort or rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Verse 17, you therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest you also being led away with error of the wicked. Okay? 
Fall from your own steadfastness. Verse 18, but grow in grace. How many know we got to keep growing in grace? When do you stop growing in grace? When you get to heaven. Amen? Because when you get to heaven, you don't need any grace. Why? You have a glorified body. You know, you need grace to deal with your unrenewed mind and your unsubdued body. Amen? Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that tells me, keep coming to church, keep worshiping God, keep praying, keep connected to the kingdom. Amen? Hallelujah. This is what he's telling us. All right, now I want you to go to Matthew 24. The book of Matthew chapter 24. Now, I want you to pay attention to something. Matthew 24 was written to Jewish people who had not yet born, been born again and who, do not, who did not understand the church age. Okay? Hold your place here in Matthew and go to Acts chapter 1 for just a second. All right? Go to Acts chapter 1. And I want to show you something here. This is when Jesus was resurrected, but these are still Jewish-minded people. Okay? Look at verse 6, Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to who? Israel. Okay? They did not have an understanding at this point yet of a church age, of the age of grace. That we, that's the, the age that you were in. Do you realize Gentiles didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit until Acts 10? So, for a long time, they were just Jewish-minded people, and they were actually surprised when the gospel went to other people. Right? They, they had the same Holy Ghost as we do! They spoke in tongues just like we did! It excited them because it was a revelation to them. All right, verse. So they asked Jesus this question. Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7. He said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Say, only the Father knows. So let's not mess with, I mean, there was a book that came out in 1988. 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come in 1988. It's 2022. Hadn't come yet. I guess they missed it. I, I, I remember I saw that booklet. 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come in 1988. You, you're not going to get the day or the time. Right? Just leave that, just leave that to the Father. How many trust the Father? Does the Father know what he's doing? Amen. The Father is wisdom. He is wise. I mean, he put this universe together. If he can put the universe together, amen? Now, here's something to note as we go back to Matthew 24. Do you realize the same way that Jesus came? You know, Jesus, it was prophesied that he was going to come to a certain place. At a certain time, right? Just as it was prophesied about his first coming, so it's going to be like when he comes again. All right? There's going to be words that God has spoken that are going to be fulfilled, right? Just like he came the first time. Amen? All right, so let's go to Matthew 24. All right? And uh, let's start with verse 3. 
As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming? And of the end of the world. That, that word world should, should be translated age. Right? What is going to be the sign of your coming? And what is going to be the sign of the end of the age? Alright? The, the disciples ask good questions. Amen? And notice what Jesus said. He said in verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Say, I'm not going to be deceived. If he tells you, let no man deceive you, is it possible to be deceived? Absolutely. Otherwise, he wouldn't say, don't let any man deceive you. Right? What is your final authority when someone tells you anything? The B-I-B-L-E. Right? <laughs> I know one, one preacher testified, a lady came up to him and said, you know, you know, preacher, I don't agree with what you said because it's just like the song said. She was quoting a song, he was quoting the word. But the song disagreed with the word. What are you going to go with? You better go with the word. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If I tell you something, don't just take my word for it. Look to the word. If someone else tells you something, don't just take their word for it. Look to the word. Why do you think God gave us this Bible? Just so we can put it on the shelf? No. This is our everyday tool for life. It's our blender. It helps things get mixed together. Right? It's our sword that will slice bread. Glory to God. It's our new wine that will give you joy. It's our peace when storms come. It's our anchor so that we don't, get, we don't drift away. The word is all these things to us, right? The word is even like a hammer for those who have hard heads. <laughs> no, I just added that part, but the word is like a hammer. <laughs> okay, so G- Jesus' primary thing. So let me just give you these, and then we're going to talk about these. These are some signs to the end, right? Signs, number one, don't be deceived, Number two, we're going to see an increase of persecution of Christianity. And then number three, which we won't be here for, but we're going to see a rise of the Antichrist. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the Antichrist today, just a little bit, all right? So he is saying his number one, the number one thing that's going to take place in the last days is there's going to be a great deception. Why? Because the deceiver is going to rise up the ranks. Okay? Verse 5. He said, Jesus said, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. How do you think cults started? Right? Because people said they're the only way, they're the only inlet for truth in the earth. No, you're not. The only inlet for the truth is Jesus. There's only one truth, and that's J-E-S-U-S with the B-I-B-L-E. Amen? There's not two truths. There's not three truths. There's one ultimate truth. Glory to God. The Bible is all true. Glory to God. I love hearing the kids of Bible. We say the Bible, they say, it's all true. It's, it's awesome. It's like thunderous. I love it. It is. It's all true. Amen? 
So there's going to be people misrepresenting Jesus. And Jesus said, and, and notice they said, and shall deceive what? Many. Why? Because many weren't rooted and grounded in the truth. How many know the story of the ten virgins? You ever hear that? It actually follows Matthew 24. There were five wise virgins, and there were five foolish virgins. And the wise virgins, I'm just going to give you the summary, all right? This is, this is Doug Pishka's cliff notes of the ten virgins, okay? Five, what did they do? They kept oil in their lamp. How many know you got to keep oil in your lamp? What's oil? It's the Holy Spirit. It's your relationship with God. Amen? It's the feeding of the Word. you got to keep oil in your lamp, right? But there were five foolish ones who let the oil run out. How do you let the oil run out? You stop coming to church. You stop reading the Word. You stop praying. But you think you're okay. You think that your lifestyle, even though it disagrees with God, that you're going to be okay. No, you're not. You're going to be caught unaware. Because the virgins didn't know when the bridegroom was going to return. And there they let the oil run out of their lamps. They had a crack in their lamp. They leaked. Right? And they said, give us some of your oil. I said, no, no. We, we're keeping our oil because the bridegroom said he was going to return. We're keeping our oil. You've got to keep your oil. You're responsible for your oil. Amen? Your lamp, your oil. Right? You, and they said, go out and buy some. So they left. And while they left, the bridegroom returned. And, and the, five, the five foolish ones who let the oil run out of their lamps, they couldn't benefit from the relationship of the bridegroom. See, we got to keep oil in our lamps. Amen? I got, I got my oil in my lamp. Keep it burning. Right? Glory to God. All right, verse 6. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Boy, aren't we hearing that today? Yeah, there are wars and there are rumors of wars. Okay? But see that you be not troubled. This is the words of Jesus. Every say, I'm not troubled. Yeah, he said, be not troubled. Why? He is greater than anything. Amen? Okay? All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Yeah, we're seeing wars and rumors of wars, but this is not the end yet. But this is getting to the end. All right? This might be the home stretch. You know? Verse 7, for nation shall rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Nation is natural, kingdom is spiritual. Nation will rise up against nation, but kingdom will rise up against kingdom. That's spiritual. Nation is natural, kingdom is spiritual. All right? And there shall be famines. Have we seen famines in places on the world? Yes, we have. And there'll be pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Yeah, we've seen earthquakes in diverse places, haven't we? Okay? All these things are the beginning. Everybody say the beginning. That means we're not at the end yet. But these are things to look for. 
things to watch. Jesus recorded this. This is Jesus talking. Yes, he's talking to the Jews, but even though he's talking to the Jews, there are some things that the church can benefit from. Amen? All right? And then they shall deliver you up and be afflicted and shall kill you. How many ever heard of Fox's Book of Martyrs? Do you realize the only disciple that didn't get martyred was John? And they tried to boil him in oil and it didn't work. So they sent him to Patmos. You know, they put him in the boiling oil and he said, hey boys, what's going on? He said, is this like a spa treatment or something? And then that's when, and you know what? And on the Isle of Patmos, that's where he got the revelations of the book of Revelation. Amen. How many know God knows how to overcome your enemies? All right? So these things are going to be happening. Okay? And one of the tools that the enemy uses is deception. Jesus said in answer to his question, is this going to be the end? What's the sign of your coming? What's the sign of the end of this age? And Jesus said, do not be deceived. All right? To be deceived means to cause to roam from safety. It means to to roam from safety, truth, or virtue. Everybody say to roam. Remember when cell phones first came out, they had roaming charges, right? If you weren't in your home area, you got charged extra. How many remember that, right? You know, then I sent my my phone to school and it became a smartphone, right? Glory to God, it got... To be deceived means to go astray. It means to be seduced or wander or to be out of the way. Who's the way? Jesus. But if you're not in the way, you're deceived. Okay? And then the word deceit. All right? Deceived. Now the word deceit. It is the intentional misleading or beguiling of another. Who is the deceiver? The devil. His only weapon is deception. He can't make you do anything, but if he can get you to believe something wrong, he can then do something. Okay? Alright? So, deceit is the intentional misleading or beguiling of another. In scripture, deceit was included with other forms of wickedness like cursing, hatred, theft, covetousness, adultery, murder, and it was used in terms like oppression, falsehood, guile, and error. Okay? So one of the signs of the times that we're in the last days, that the end is coming, is that people will be deceived, but not everybody. Amen? Say, I'm not going to be deceived. Okay, so the devil is a, a, a seducer, a deceiver, a liar, a cu- an accuser, an offender, and a destroyer, and our enemy. You know that the devil is your enemy? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, do we? But we wrestle against principle. But now some people are yielding to the enemy, right? All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to deal with this subject of deception right now. Because I don't want you deceived. Amen? 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33. 
I love the Bible. The Bible is very plain. It's very clear. God said what he meant, and he meant what he said. 1 Corinthians 15.33, notice the first three words. Be not deceived. That's a command, and that's a choice that you need to make. How can I avoid deception? I am a partner with the truth. Amen? You have the word of truth, the spirit of truth, and you have the truth in Jesus. How many are partners with the truth? As long as you're with the truth, you won't be deceived. Right? Okay. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. What kind of communications? Evil communications or evil company. If you're hanging around people who are evil, that evil has a potential to influence you. And it will corrupt you. It will show up in your behavior. It will show up in your speech. Yeah, you've been hanging around the wrong people. You've been listening to the wrong voices. Right? That's deception. But he says, be not deceived. Okay? Don't be misled. Evil companionships or evil communion or evil associations will corrupt and deprave good manners, morals, and character. That's the Amplified. Everybody's so quiet today. All right? Deuteronomy 11.16, you don't have to turn there. It says, beware that your hearts are not deceived and that you do not turn away from the Lord and serve other gods to worship them. The only way that a person would turn away from the Lord who knew the Lord is because they're deceived. But he says, don't let your heart be deceived. Solomon, I don't want you marrying all kinds of women. I want you to marry, have one wife. Amen. He marries 300 wives. What happened? The end of his life, his heart was turned away from God. The most wisest man on the planet, the most richest man on the planet, at the end of his life, you read it, turned his heart away from God. It's not how you start that matters, it's how you finish. Because you may start last, but you may finish first. Isn't that what the Bible says? The last shall be what? First. And the first shall be last. Glory to God. Okay? Go to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Look at verse 7. 1 John chapter 3, verse 7. Little children. You know, we are God's little children. God doesn't have adults. He has children. Amen? Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. All right? A deceptive person doesn't practice righteousness. They don't do the word. Amen? How do you know if someone is deceptive? They don't do the word. All right? Go to... uh, Second Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Hallelujah. See, deception is one of the signs of the times. Okay? And I'm fighting so that you don't be deceived today. Second Corinthians 11 and verse 13. For such as are false... Did Jesus say that false prophets are going to come? Yes, he did. 
Okay? That means someone will prophesy to you and their prophecy will be false. There were false prophets in Jesus' day. There were false prophets in Jehoshaphat's day. Remember, Jehoshaphat was going to go to battle with Ahab, and Jehoshaphat said, is there a prophet in the house? He said, oh yeah, there's Micaiah, but he always tells me what I don't want to hear. So I put him in jail. And, and the false prophets are going, yeah, go, you're going to gorge your enemy, right? You're going to gorge your enemy. And, and Micaiah, they let him out of the jail. And he looks at Ahab and he looks at Jehoshaphat and he said, if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't even speak to you. But he said, oh yeah, you're going you're gonna to win your enemy. He was mocking the false prophets, right? And he said, no, no, tell me the truth. He said, no, you, you're going to uh, die in battle today. He told him the truth. Amen? All right. 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 13. For such are false, apo- false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. How do you think the Mormons started? An angel of light called Moroni. Just drop the eye. Moron. A whole false religion started by a fake appearance. That still exists today, by the way. Therefore, verse 15, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the Ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Well, how can you tell if someone, listen, you've got the spirit of truth on you, inside of you, and when a false prophet or a false apostle or a false spirit is acting, he'll say, something's going on here, he's not right. And you'll say, you're not right. Right? And he, he, he will expose him. Amen? We got the spirit of truth. He, he, he can help us discern spirits. Amen? Glory to God. We've got tools against deception. Hallelujah. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 6. Notice, this is the third time that he says, let no man deceive you. You know, sometimes, I mean, who got... Who got Samson's strength? Was it an evil spirit? No, it was a beautiful woman. Oh, Samson, tell me your secret. Well, if you bind me with new coins, stop playing with the enemy. She wants to cut your hair, man. You know what was funny? He tells her a false reason why his strength was, and she does it. You, you, you think you'd have gotten a clue. Oh, the Philistines are at your door? Well, I just told you that. But he kept toying with the enemy. Don't toy with the enemy, because he will cut your hair. It was a woman that deceived Samson for his secret. And ended up getting his eyes gouged out. Don't be, don't be that. Alright? Let no man deceive you with vain words or empty words. My, oh, I'm not even going to go there. Whew. <laughs> For because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Everybody say disobedience. 
You don't have to worry about God's wrath if you're obedient. But you have to be concerned about God's wrath if you're disobedient. Okay? Alright? The doctrines of demons are destructive. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And uh, look, look at verse uh, 3. Here he says it again. Let no man deceive you by any means. Everybody say any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Paul told Timothy, he says the last days are going to be perilous times. There's going to be some that depart from the faith. They're going to stop believing. It's going to be a slow process of moving away from the faith. Well, I've seen a lot of people move away from the faith. Amen? Faith acts on the word of God. All right? So we can see the perils of deception, can't we? So uh, deception is one of the signs. You know, Galatians 6, uh, 6, 9 says, Don't be deceived, God is not mocked, for what a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Sowing and reaping work the same way on both sides of the coin. All right? But you gotta be, you gotta continue in what you know. Alright, the second sign that we're gonna deal with is the persecution of Christians. If you ever read the book of Fox's Martyrs, it, it, it goes into great detail of those that were persecuted. I mean, uh, Nero got excited. I mean, they killed James with a sword and that, that pleased people so he wanted to kill more Christians. Nero would burn them on fire, dip them in oil and set them on fire. They, they, would, they would put Christians into the arena with, with the, the, the lions and the tigers and all that stuff, and the gladiators, all right? So there's going to be persecution and oppression towards Christians on the rise, okay? All these things are the beginning of things, Okay? So let's go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. What are the things, what are you going to be persecuted with? Criticism. You're going, you might lose some friends. You go to that church. Yes, I do. You want to come? Amen. We, we should not be ashamed of what we believe about Jesus. Right? We have nothing to be ashamed about in believing in Jesus Christ as the only way to heaven. We have nothing to be ashamed about, about believing anything that he said in his word. Amen? It is the truth. It is the way of righteousness. So we should be bold about what we believe. We shouldn't back down in what we believe. Amen? John 15 and verse 19. Jesus is telling his disciples here, if you were of the world, the world would love you, would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world, what? The world hates you. The world system hates you. 
People who are in the world hate Christianity. Amen? They, they call us names. They call us different phobias, right? But that's not true. It's just because we're not of the world. We're not of the same spirit that they are. We're of a different spirit. I like Caleb, man. Caleb was of a different spirit. Daniel had an excellent spirit. And he turned a whole nation to God by not backing down. See, when you compromise, you weaken God's kingdom. When you don't compromise, you strengthen his kingdom. And believe me, the enemy will tempt you to compromise. Oh, you don't want to believe in that prosperity stuff. It's okay to be saved, but that prosperity stuff, reject it. That prosperity stuff is Bible. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay? Remember, verse 20, the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Did they persecute? Yeah, they criticized Jesus. They called Jesus a wine-bibber. They told him that, that he cast out devils by the prince of devils. Right? They, they criticized him. They tried to set him up. They tried to make him fall. They, they tried to get him. They, I mean, they tried everything. It didn't work. Amen? But they did persecute him. I mean, my goodness, they crucified a perfectly sinless man. They spit on him. They mocked him. They made fun of him. Yet he was there taking away their sins. If they persecuted Jesus, they're going to persecute you. Don't, I mean, that's why you need to have the strength of God. Amen. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Woo! You got someone greater than the world on the inside of you. So bring it on. Amen? Bring it on. I'm going to unleash God's greatness. Hallelujah. Verse 21, but all these things they will do unto you for my name's sake. I mean... Peter and John were criticized because they preached about the resurrection. They were put in jail overnight. They were told, don't preach anymore about the resurrection. And Peter said, well, we're going to obey God, not you. I like that. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. The world can't tell you what to say or how to say it. Amen? Amen. Who is, why did the church... Let the world say we can't have prayer in schools. Because we weren't allowed enough voice in the 60s. Quite frankly, the church let it happen. And we're part of that. God forgive us. But now, we've been silent for so long, now it's time to get prayer in schools. Amen. Father, I pray that you open up a door for us to get prayer in schools, get the name of Jesus in schools, get the Bible in schools in the name of Jesus. It's been kept out for far too long. Now it's time for this church to rise up and to pray and and for heaven to move. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we have a greater court. We have a more superior court with a perfect judge that we can bring our case to. And he can overrule the Supreme Court. 
Because he's got greater power and greater authority. Amen. And we got angels. We got people that they can't see. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So there's going to be a great deception. Okay. Uh, go to John 16. Verse 1. Why did Jesus tell us that there's going to be persecution? So we wouldn't be offended when it happens. <laughs> John chapter 16, verse 1. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. Listen, if I told you persecution is going to come and you get persecuted, don't be offended. You say, yeah, the word said it was going to happen, but I'm going to overcome. Do you know when when, when you're persecuted, God's glory comes on the scene that's greater than the persecution? God's strength comes on the scene that's greater than the pain that they're doing. God's God's spirit comes on that's greater than the words that they're telling you. I'm telling you, when, when when Stephen was arguing with the Pharisees and he spoke... And they were pelting him with stones. He didn't even feel it. Why? He was so focused on Jesus. He was the first martyr of the new church. Because he, he, he refused to back down. So what if you die? You get promoted. I mean, if you die as a believer, what a better way to die. You go right to heaven, glory to God. So what if they kill your body? I'm still going to be around. I'm still going to live. Amen? I'm going to be with Jesus. Glory to God. So who cares what happens to my body? Amen? I mean, Paul was one big walking bruise. I mean, everywhere he preached, he got beat up. Let me encourage young preachers. When you go preach, take a doctor with you. No, just kidding. Amen? So there's going to be a great deception. All right, Jesus said, they shall put you out of the synagogue. They did that with the man who was born blind who got healed. And they kept asking him five, six times, who healed you? What was his name? What happened? I told you, they kicked him out of the church because he got healed. How come they kicked you out? I got healed. I was blind, now I can see, and they kicked me out. (laughs) You remember Jesus met him afterwards? They kicked Jesus out to know. (laughs) They didn't kick Jesus out. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time comes that the whosoever kills you will think he does God's service. Isn't that what Paul thought before he met Jesus? He thought he was doing God's work, God's service, by killing Christians. Until he found the truth. And then he stopped killing and he started preaching. Hey man, what a transformation. Okay? But these things, see, he said, these things they will do unto you because they have not known the Father. See, people who persecute, they don't know God. They don't know what they're doing. That's why Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Okay, verse 4. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said uh, not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asked me where you go. So he was preparing them. Amen. So when persecution comes, just smile because you knew it was coming. Right? And God will meet you in it. Amen. 
And then the third sign, which we will not be here to see, but it'll be the rise of the Antichrist. The Antichrist will be a political leader. He will have world-renowned fame. And he will enter into a peace treaty with Israel. And uh, I'll tell you why we're not going to be here in just a minute. Go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. This is a, the Antichrist is a particular person, but there is an Antichrist spirit that's already in the earth. But in the, in the, in the end times, there's going to be an Antichrist person. There's going to be a false trinity, the Antichrist, the beast, and the false prophet. And they make up a false trinity. Because the devil can't create, he can only pervert. I mean, come on, devil, think of a new idea. That idea's already been taken. No, I'm going to pervert that, because that's all he can do. He can't create. He can only pervert what is already existing. Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, look at verse 3. Okay? Well, let's start with verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together with him. That is the rapture. Amen. There's going to become a point in time when the church is going to be taken out of the earth and we're going to meet Jesus in the air. Glory to God. Woo, we're going to have a reunion in the air. Hallelujah. What happened? People were just leaving this earth. Right? Okay. Verse 2, that you soon not be shaken in mind or be troubled. He tells us this all the time of end time events. Don't be shaken. Don't be troubled. Amen. Don't be shaken. Don't be troubled. Don't be deceived. All right. You keep those three things and you'll be good. All right. Neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the, the day of Christ is at hand. Paul was dealing with some an issue. They thought the day of Christ had already come. But it hadn't yet, so he was correcting their theology. Okay? And uh, verse 4, Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. This is a characteristic of the Antichrist. Okay? Or that is worshipped so that he is, he as God sits in the temple of God. The Antichrist is actually going to take a seat in the temple of Jerusalem. Okay? And he's going to show himself that he is God. Little G. He's not bigger than the big God. Amen? He's just crazy in his head. Alright? So, Jesus, you know, Paul said, remember, uh, that when I was with you, I told you these things. And, and verse 6, and now you know that what withholds that he might be revealed in this. There is something that is withholding his revelation. You know what that is? That is the church. And the Antichrist will not be revealed until the church is taken out of the way. Okay? And you can look to Noah. You know, because often the end times are described like the days of Noah. They were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. They were just taking care of their own stuff, not focused on God. They didn't know when the flood was going to come. But it came, didn't they? And a lot of it, it came unexpectedly. Right? 
And same thing with Lot. Lot knew that fire and brimstone were going to come on Sodom and Gomorrah. But what happened? God waited until he got out. Right? So Noah getting on the boat and Lot getting out, those are signs and types of the rapture. Okay? So God's going to deliver us out of the trouble. Amen? Because that's what he does. Okay? So he's going to oppose and exalt himself. He's going to act proudly and insolently. And uh, he's going to proclaim himself to be God. Alright? And the church is here, and uh, we're withholding his revelation. Okay? He won't be revealed until the church is removed out of the way. Why? Because Jesus is the head of the church, and we have the authority and power of Jesus. Amen? Come on. We the church. The body of Christ. Say, I'm in that body. Say, I'm a member of the body. You've got the power. You've got the goods. You've got the authority. Why do you think we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Because we've got power and authority of Jesus. We are part of this body. We are the church. We are the called out ones. We are the ecclesia, glory to God. The ecclesia. We have been called out, out of darkness, and we've been called together, glory to God. We are a family. We are the family of God. Amen? Okay? Verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity does already work, or the mystery of lawlessness. See, the Antichrist is lawless. He doesn't abide by the law of God. Okay? And we can see that spirit working in, in different ways in this earth. Okay? He's already working. Only he who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way. Amen? And then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with his spirit. There's going to be a war, and God's going to consume the Antichrist with his spirit, with his breath. He's going to breathe on him, and the Antichrist is going to be vaporized. Hallelujah. All right? Verse 9. Verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs, and what? Lying wonders. The Antichrist is going to do miracles. The, the false prophet is going to make a statue of the beast, and he's going to make the statue talk. <gasps> Ooh, the statue's talking. Yeah, my God talks to me every day, and he's not a statue. Glory to God. People are going to be consumed. Oh, the statue talks. Oh, the statue talks. How many have heard reports of statues crying? Does it put your eyes on Jesus or the statue? If it puts your eyes on the statue, it's a false sign. It's a lying wonder. If it doesn't point you to Christ, it lies. If it doesn't exalt Jesus, it lies. And you've got to know the difference. I don't care what a statue does. If, it, if it's not in the Bible, I don't believe it. Right. I've seen some stuff over the years. I've seen oil come out of a person's hand. Turned out to be false. I mean, it was a false sign. It actually happened. I saw it. Oil, a person had a short sleeve shirt. Oil was just dripping from her arms and down the microphone. I was in the service. I saw it. People were like, who, who did you see? But then God began to deal with me. I, I received a book that said uh, Merchandising the Anointing by Rick Renner. Funny thing, a publisher made a bunch of mistakes, so we as first-year Raymond students got the book for free because it had all the mistakes in it. But he pointed out 
things that merchandise the anointing. And he included that thing that I saw in there. And I, oil never flowed from the apostles' hands. It never flowed from Jesus' hands. But there is oil, right? The Bible does talk about the oil of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus never had oil flow from him. He was anointed with oil, but he never had oil flow from him, right? So if it didn't happen in Jesus, if it didn't happen to the apostles, then it's a false sign lying wonder. If it doesn't line up with the word, it lies. Amen? Okay. So he's going to produce false miracles, right? Verse 10, and with all deceivableness or seduction or deception of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. The reason the Antichrist is going to deceive people is because they have not received the love of the truth. How many love the truth today? If you love the truth, you won't be deceived. Amen? So let me just wrap this up. Okay? The Antichrist, uh, he's an enemy, an antagonist of Christ. He denies and refuses the truth that Jesus came in the flesh. Okay? Uh, He doesn't confess that Jesus came in the flesh. He doesn't acknowledge God. He makes himself God. All right? Uh, He's known as the, uh, he's also called the beast, the little horn, the son of perdition or the man of lawlessness, the wicked one, the foolish shepherd, the willful king or the man of sin. Doesn't sound like he's got really good titles, does he? Amen? His works. Uh, he's going to be a, a ruler of a revived empire. Um, he arrives after the rapture of the church. It begins the 70th week that's listed in Daniel chapter 9. Okay? Uh, after three, you know, he's going to be all peace and nicey-nicey, right? But in three and a half years, he's going to become violent. He's going to take over and he's going to uh, gather armies together and go against Jerusalem, go against Israel. He's going to turn half in between seven years. That's known as the tribulation time, right? Three and a half years, the Antichrist is like, woo, nicey, nicey. But then in the middle, he's going to become who he really is. And he's going to show the world, all right? And then uh, God is going to come back and going to wipe his little, you know what? <laughs> and... uh and then, you know, uh, Revelation 13 says he's going to receive a deadly wound and he's going to be resurrected. And people are going to see it because it's going to be on worldwide TV. You know, that's going to make more people believe in him. But yet during this time, there's still going to be people that are going to need Jesus. Amen? And uh, he operates by the false trinity. And, uh, you know, and then there's going to be the second coming and then there'll be a marriage. I'm not giving you them in order because it requires more study to get the exact order. So, uh, but don't be deceived. And don't worry about persecution. Persecution is going to come. Listen, Jesus made out from persecution just fine, didn't he? I mean, with all the torment he took of the crucifixion, look at the resurrection. He woke up with a glorified body. You know, and you can touch his wounds and they don't even make him say ouch. Right? Even though he has wounds in his hands and in his feet, you can touch him. Thomas did. He touched him, didn't he? So as you see things coming to 
ahead, right? Don't be worried. Don't be deceived. Don't be troubled. Amen. Why? We serve an awesome God. And he loves you. And the reason why he has great patience is he wants you and I to be able to get the word out and tell other people. This is the most important time in history for the church. We ought to be finding ways to tell people about Jesus. Amen? It starts with praying. First of all, you got to pray for people. Secondly, then you got to open your mouth. All right? But I don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit, how, how many have the Holy Spirit's the greatest teacher? He'll give you the words to say, right? He's your helper. Do you realize Jesus sent his disciples out like sheep amongst wolves? But guess what? The sheeps were greater than the wolves. Amen? Why? Our shepherd, our shepherd is a lion. Amen? What would you rather have? An army of sheep led by a lion or an army of lions led by a sheep? We have an army of sheep led by a lion. Amen? And the sheep can overcome the wolves. They can overcome the dogs and the pigs. Amen? So these are the signs that are going to happen, that are going to be unfolded before our eyes, in our midst, as we, as we see this thing unfold. Because the time is coming closer and closer and closer for Jesus to come back. Amen? And we've got to get people ready. Amen? We got some empty seats to fill. Amen? Who's going to fill those seats? You and I are going to fill those seats. As we interact with people, right? Just show them the love of Jesus. Just tell them what Jesus did for you. Right? And then let the Holy Spirit work on their hearts. We don't have to convince them. The beauty of witnessing is this. We don't have to convince them. All we have to do is tell them. The Holy Spirit will convince them. Amen? Who's excited about Jesus? I'm excited about his return. I'm telling you what, great things are going to happen. And we're going to close this age out by getting the gospel all around the world. Amen. We're going to preach the gospel to every creature, every tribe, and every tongue, and every nation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This whole month, every Friday, I have preached to people in Kenya. And I mean, there's one church that I I preached at that church, they gather as a church and watch me on video. It's awesome. But we're getting the gospel out. Amen. Right here out of Palmyra, Pennsylvania, the gospel's going to India. The gospel's going to Kenya. The gospel's going to Africa. The gospel's going to China. The gospel's going all around the world. Amen. But how you support, you know, because whether you realize it or not, we tie tie as a church to 14 different missionaries and ministries. Fourteen every month, we send them monthly support from here. That's our tithe, our tithe of our tithe. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stand to your feet, everybody. I hope you got something out of this today. I don't consider myself much of a uh, prophetic or prophecy person. But the Lord wanted, he wanted you to hear this today. And he's got a reason for it. I'm just being obedient to him. I mean, that's why I I had to spend extra time studying this stuff because I want to get, make sure my, my T's are crossed and my 
uh, I's are dotted. Amen. And uh, I wanted to be, my prayer was that I would communicate this in a, in a way that you could receive it today. And I believe that God is here. Amen. We have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. Nothing to be troubled about. Amen. Our God is greater than what's going to be happening in this world. Amen. And if we just stick with him, we'll be overcomers. We'll be more than conquerors. Amen. We will, we will, uh, defeat our enemies. Glory to God. We will have the victory. Amen. Glory to God. We got to be victory minded. We're not defeated minded. The preaching of the end time shouldn't get you down. It should get you up. It should get you going. It should motivate you to share your faith in even greater ways as the time gets closer. Amen? We have got to be about our Father's business however you want to conduct the Father's business with you. Whether you want to write letters or put posts on social media or sing songs or do artwork or uh, tell jokes that bring glory to Jesus. Amen? I'm telling you, there's no, there's no, uh, there's multiple, multiple ways that we can get the gospel out. Everyone has our way. Every one of us has a way that God wants to use you to get the gospel out. You just be you and let the gospel flow through you. Amen. However you want to do that. And if you need help, the Holy Spirit will help you. God will show you. He'll open doors for you. He'll say, you know, he'll open the door and show you. I mean, look at what he had to tell Philip. Go, go join himself with that chariot. Okay. He gets in the chariot. What you reading? I'm reading the book of the scroll of Isaiah, but I don't understand it. Well, let me tell you about it. I mean, God had to tell him to get in the chariot. Maybe God will tell you to get in the car. Amen. Or go to the coffee shop. Or go reach out to that person. Amen. You got to listen to that. You got to listen to those promptings. You got to do it. It's a life or death situation. Amen. But I'm hopeful. I'm excited. Yes. Amen. Yeah, bad things are going to happen, but God's going to get greater and greater. Yes. He's going to be more glorious and more glorious. Yes. Amen. And, and we as a church, we're going to have more fun in the presence of God. Amen. Yes. We're going to have some explosive times together. Yes. Glory to God. Are you ready? Yes. Hallelujah. The fuse has been lit. Yes. And we got the gunpowder and the salt on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And we're going to make an explosive force for God. It's when the natural and the supernatural come together. They make an explosive force for God. That's what God designed. That's what God wants. Age has nothing to do with it. There are things that you can do at a young age or an older age. The question is, you just got to do them. Amen? Father... We are so grateful for your word today, and we come with great hunger, great anticipation, great expectation about what you're doing in us at this time, Father. You're raising us up, Father, in the name of Jesus, and we give you thanks and praise for your goodness and your grace upon us in Jesus' name. And everybody said? And if you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything, any area of